Parenting is hard. Few of us feel up to the task. The world is shifting, quickly and dramatically. All of us feel the changes affecting our families. The stress and pressure can be intense. We are here to help sort the good and the bad, provide insight and bring hope. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. We're so glad you stopped by. Hi, and welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I am your co-host of season five, Pastor Brad Mathias. I'm Robert Beeson. And we're in the studio. Yes, we are. Hanging out. As we have been all day. It's been a good day. We've had lots of great conversations. We have. I mean, season five has turned out to be really stellar. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's really good. And I've learned that you don't like eggs. And that's that's that came from two episodes ago. And I, I'm still, like, I've known you for 10 years. I didn't know you like didn't like eggs. Well, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't like to complain like you. No, I'm saying it like bonded me with you because I don't like him either, and I just didn't know that about you. So I feel like extra well, close to you. Today. I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, it's false intimacy, but I'll take it. Uh, all right. So we've been talking uh, through this season. We've been sort of exposing different parts of our history and and personalities to our audience. It's been five seasons. They're starting to get to know we're not right, but. At the end of the day, there's some really good questions that have come out of this fun little questionnaire, and it's your turn because okay. I did it last time. That's so right. we're trying to get to know each other a little bit better, and it's truthfully, I'm, I am getting to know things that I didn't know. So go for it. All right, pick a number one through twenty-five, 12. not one you've picked before. <clears throat> Twelve. Twelve. That's a really good quarterback number. Uh, what's your favorite family tradition? Ooh, good question. Um, uh, I think my favorite thing is. Um, at Thanksgiving, I mean, a lot of people do this, but one of my favorite things is going around the table and talking about what we're most thankful for. Um, and also, I know, like when we do family dinners, we do highs and lows. Like we learned that on tour. We used yeah, to do on that the on the iShine tour. And so yeah. I kind of took that and um, applied it to home. And so highs and lows for the day. Um, and it's, all, it's just a great icebreaker. So that's one of my favorite things because it has to do with community and getting to know each other mm-hmm. on a, you know, a real level. Yeah, and it's it's slightly uncomfortable for the teenagers and stuff. So yeah. you know, around the family as a parent, you take some slight joy from that. Exactly. Yeah. The more we can make them feel uncomfortable, a little bit. Yeah, I think it's good because you want to push them a little to <laughs> to do that stuff. That's a great tradition, and um, that makes sense because I, I can remember many times on our tours, you know, having fifteen, twenty kids in a bus and. And doing the high lows. And, you know, you have these artists who go on to sign major deals and do records. And and when I see them 10 years later, they say, man, I still, yeah. my favorite thing about the tour was the, the highs and lows, not the thousands the game of, of people. Mafia. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's funny what really connects with people. Well, today we have a really uh, fun and interesting guest. Um, Steve Clary is our guest today. And he's been involved uh, with the Voice of the Martyrs now for a couple of decades and has really been all over the world, uh, serving God and doing really cool media things um, with his time. And one of the, the latest things that he's gotten involved with is a adaptation and a modern retelling of The Pilgrim's Progress. And I can't wait to hear about that. I, I agree. Welcome. Welcome, to, welcome to the show. Yeah, welcome, man. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, Robert. Happy to be here. Well, we're really excited about this film. Um, I know that 
it's uh, it's a labor of love. Anytime you get into me, it's a very expensive undertaking. It's a very long process, and I love the fact that in in something that I read here across our desk, preparing for this, that a sweet spot for you in this this film is is tweens. I mean, it's for the whole family, but I love the fact that you're engaging tweens. It's one of the passions that we've had for so many years with iShine. So kudos to you, and um, give us a little bit of an idea of what led up to. I mean. We all know Pilgrim's Progress has been around forever, but I can't believe nobody's done this yet. So what, what, give us your journey leading up to the making of this movie. You know, it was, it was really interesting because it started with uh, one of my best friends who's also named Robert and a film producer, uh, director, and works in an animation studio. We just are both grandparents and we were talking about what is, what is, uh, what is our legacy to our children? So much of what we do is just, we work you know, uh, put in our day, get paid, but what do we really leave behind? That's one of the things that Richard Warmbrand, uh, Pastor Warmbrand always taught me. He says, if you create a book, if you create a video, it can actually live longer than you. So mm. it has an influence. It can be reproduced. It can be shared. It can be translated. So we started asking ourselves and just challenging ourselves, what could we do as really a legacy project? And I mean, I, I can't say that we were really vision casting or, I mean, we were mostly just kind of bantering and and just talking about what would be fun to do and we said let's make a film you know let's make an animated film that no one's hiring us to do it'll be our film we'll raise money for it we'll pay for it and and we'll present it as a legacy project and um we talked about some different ideas and i you know we had met every tuesday night just as friends and i called up the next morning and he's i said hey we ready to start that film and he's like, what, you were serious? You know, this was just like kind of daydreaming. <laughs> and we met the next morning for coffee. And he said, he said, I've always had a passion to do the Pilgrim's Progress. And I was very familiar with the story. Uh, Voice of the Martyrs has translated it into many languages, smuggled it around the world. I knew Pastor Richard Wombrandt loved that book. And I said, that sounds great. I mean, we literally uh, decided to do it. We started a script outline. We made some posters and we hired three people in Costa Rica who worked in a kitchen for a year, just coming up with various artwork, background scenes. And Robert worked on the script. And when he finished the script, he, he, he kind of did a one man play for us and he read the script and all the different parts. And he's very talented that way. And we were honestly just blown away. And I've worked on I've worked on films, I've worked on videos, I've worked on TV shows, and there's just something about this story and the way he read it to us. There was four or five of us in the room, and when he when he finished, you know, it literally took him an hour and a half to go through the the script because he acted it out, kind of like a one man show, and we were all silent. So he thought we didn't like it, and <laughs> we didn't know what to say. You know, it's like I think he felt a little intimidated, like you well, and we were like we were just blown away. This is just, this is just an amazing story. Why hasn't the same thing you said earlier, why hasn't somebody put this into more uh, relatable formats? And we said, you know, we're going to go for it. We're going to commit, we're going to hire people and we're going to make this film. And I can tell you, it's completely crazy to, again, I've worked on media all my life, but I've never done a CGI animated film. Hmm. And if I had known how big I call it my burden. If I had known how big this burden was going to get and how big it was going to grow, I can't say I would have ever thought this was a good idea three or four years ago. But 
we are now nearing completion. Uh, we are so excited about this project. Uh, I know it's it's bad for a filmmaker to fall in love with his own film, at least in a commercial uh, viable. You know, yeah. everybody thinks their film's going to do great. But you know what excites us most about this film is we are uh, free to the global missions community. Hmm. So our film will go to theaters, but that's 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 not the end game. That's not that's not even the highlight for us. The highlight for us is how do we get this into churches? How do we get this into prisons? How do we get this into Salvation Army centers? How do we get this into uh, Iran? Even places China, that they, you can't get the Russia. Bible into. Exactly. And this story to me is, you know, is probably uh, almost should have been considered, you know, if they'd been around long enough, maybe considered part of scripture. It is just such an incredible, what I call parable uh, allegory of, of the Christian walk of all of our journey. And so our goal is to create a film that, yes, we can, you know, we obviously have people we want to pay back, investors, people we borrow money from. But more importantly, we want to impact the world, and 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 we can do that if if you guys have innovated, if you guys have interviewed filmmakers, if you if you've watched the journey of filmmakers who go to the theaters and who flop and who spend millions of dollars, that story is repeated every that that story is repeated all the all the time, and you just see people losing money left and right on independent Christian films. And I told somebody the other day, the hardest thing you will do as a filmmaker is distribute your film in America and even get your money back. But in contrast to that, the easiest thing you will ever do is bring a great quality film to the mission field, but nobody does it. Uh, we are preparing huge uh, outreaches in South America, China, Russia, India, all throughout the Himalayas and Kenya, Africa, and even Iran, the Middle East, uh, these countries are actually open. Countries that are closed to missionaries are actually open to Christian content. Hmm. Uh, the distribution is the easiest part of this film is missionary distribution. But unfortunately, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of on a uh, kind of on a passion preaching no, path. But unfortunately, we make 25, 30, 35 independent Christian films a year in America, and they do not go to the mission field. Very, very few of them do. And the most amazing thing that I've learned through this journey is that what you call tweens, what we refer to as the next generation, um, they speak the same language as the mission field. Mm -hmm. So you think about it, our kids are reading less and less all the time. They're more stimulated by, by um, social media, by YouTube, by media, they're more influenced all the time. And much of the unreached people groups cannot read, they cannot comprehend. Um, and so to put a movie in their languages is that we could, we could give something to, to our children, to our grandchildren, and we could give something to the mission field and that could be the same product. And that's what's really most exciting to me is these, these two groups speak the same language. Wow, that's, that's a lot to be excited about. I, I just want to recap a little bit for our audience because we've got a lot of millennials. There are going to be people listening to this who don't know about the story of Pilgrim's Progress or who John Bunyan was. Um, this is a 340-year-old book that was a, a, a standard for many, many generations in the Christian world, but it is no longer. And so in the last 20 years, I think a lot of people have lost touch with that 
Can you give us a quick recap? What is this story about? What What is Pilgrim's Progress and why is it important today? Sure. And you're, you are exactly right because, um, you know, I revealed I'm a grandfather, so I'm obviously not, not younger. And, but the next generation does not know this story. Um, it is the first time in history this story is being lost uh, on the next mm-hmm. generation. And you mentioned, you know, the story was written 340 years ago. It was written in a prison, uh, Bedford, England. Um, it was written by John Bunyan, who was arrested because he refused to stop preaching the gospel. And they they told him, they said, just don't preach and we'll let you free. And they said, if you release me, I'm going to preach. So they kept him in prison um, for many years. And it was during that time in prison, he wrote this story uh, called The Pilgrim's Progress. And he writes in a book that he kind of, saw the the vision in a dream nobody really knows if he if he dreamt and he saw the movie i saw the script play out or if he just kind of added that to his book but the story is really what we call the story of every christian life it is this character called christian and he comes upon a book and when he reads the book he realizes that that his life is sinful and he realizes that he lives uh, in a city of destruction he lives in a city that will ultimately be destroyed and this burden starts growing on his back. And the more he reads the book and the more time takes place, the more the burden grows. And the burden uh, represents sin. Obviously, the book represents the Bible. And so he begins this journey. He has to step outside of the city uh, into the forbidden forest. And he has to start this journey to what is called the celestial city, which represents eternity with, with the king. And nobody people try to talk him out of it and so along his journey he meets people that are friends and foe and he might meet somebody like evangelist who is going to <clears throat> encourage him on the right path and he's going to meet a character like worldly wise men who's going to give him worldly advice and lead him on the wrong path and he enters all these different what we call these different worlds uh, these different scenes and these different characters and all the characters are named uh, to their to their personality so worldly wise men you know giant despair legality and it's all these fun names that represents the trait of their characters and he has to stay on the path and christian will leave the path sometimes and fall into very difficult situations and and he has to stay on the straight path until he finally comes to a place where he basically faces his own death uh, to enter the celestial city and it's just, it's an amazingly colorful, um, just the descriptions, the worlds that these people live in and the characters he meets along the way, it made the absolute perfect CGI animated film, which mm-hmm. is so fun to work on because the characters are so unique and all the different worlds. And we couldn't possibly put the whole, the whole book into a, our movies a little less than two hours, but just even taking the highlights of it and showing the journey that he walks on the characters he meets and you're right i can't believe this hasn't been done before uh, this this is kind of like lord of the rings a little bit more uh straight uh scriptural biblical allegory of of a man's journey to heaven a man's journey to eternity the subtitle that john bunyan gave the book was you know the journey from this world to that which is to come and we say it's a journey of everybody even if you don't believe it's still your journey, you're just not journeying on the path that's going to lead to eternal life. Yeah, man. I, 
Robert, I don't know. Did you read this? Well, I was going to say, it's it's one of the... I grew up on the mission field, so I grew up in Africa. And um, I remember I was around, you know, Christian speak since I can remember. Um, but nothing jumped through to me as a kid as much as Pilgrim's Progress. Uh, I remember reading it once, twice, and then just going, oh my gosh, this is so great, because it's gripping and it's a story. Um but because I had some background in knowing the the Bible and knowing Christianity, it made those things come to life even more. And I could see this in a tangible journey kind of way. Um, so even as a little kid, so yeah, it's stuck with me. And that's why I'm so grateful that you guys are doing this again, because I know as a kid how much that like really formed um, not only my walk, but my curiosity with the journey. Um because there's there's so much that Christian experiences and possibilities and you know it is his choice ultimately, and um, I just found that fascinating as a kid and I, I so yeah I I read it I was in, completely enthralled with it but I haven't thought about it and I my kids wouldn't know you know what yeah. it is I, I was as he was talking I just realized like my parents were hardcore Christian like skirts and no makeup and no dancing and all that just. Very strict. But they read Pilgrim's Progress at dinner mm. is the only devotional that ever worked for me. Like yeah. all the other stuff they did just it right over my you head. In. Yeah. So this story actually has a timeless quality to it. It is not just for a certain generation. No. It, it has a, a real – I understand, Steve, why you were saying it's almost like inspired scripture because it does have the weight – of something more to it than just a man's imagination. It feels inspired by the Holy Spirit. So I, I'm really excited to see how this is going to turn out. I got to see the trailer and we're going to post the links on our website. That trailer's pretty good. I mean, we work in media. We've, we've done five seasons of a sitcom as a, as a ministry. We, we get what it takes to put something together like that. And that CGI is very, very well done. I'm excited. Well, uh, thank you. And, you know, we really are uh, what's considered a micro or even a macro budget when it comes to when it comes to CGI animation. Uh, we've talked to our friends at Pureflix and uh, we are we are self-distributing the movie and distributing through Fathom into the theaters uh, when we were talking to Pureflix and they haven't really done anything similar in animation. But but the executives told us, they said, you're really trying to do the impossible. And the impossible is making a CGI animation that's worthy of a big screen on a limited budget. And, and the challenge is that Pixar and Sony, um, they've, Disney, they've set the bar so high. You know, I watch an animated film and I like it and I look at the budget and it's $80 million. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's $125, $125 million. In Europe, uh, they have animations that don't even really make it to the American uh, theater and they're spending five, ten, twelve million dollars, and our film is like two, two point five million dollars, and you really realize that uh, how expensive it is to create a quality animation on a low budget. And one of the things that we refuse to do is we refuse to take advantage of the people in other countries. So we we're not going to go to uh, a country and see how cheap we could get labor. We we we, we do not want to go to a country and add to poverty. So we set up our studios in Costa Rica. The main reason for that is my business partner Robert is Costa Rican, and he understands that he has a lot of contacts 
works with the government, works with the universities. So we set up studios in Costa Rica and we pay people a fair wage. We pay people about 10%, 15% more than they would make working for a compatible studio in the country. But where we've saved the money is we've cut out all the markups. And when you go to, if you guys were just going to fund an animated film, you may go to a producer and a director and a studio and all of those fees get marked up along the way and they get marked up on American-based wages. So I personally write the checks for the animators and nobody makes anything in between. Uh, I don't take a producer's fee. I don't take a director's fee. Nobody has taken any fees because we want to produce the best quality and we want it to reach the world. And even that is a different approach at filmmaking as a ministry. Now, we all have day jobs, so we do have an income. But every penny we've had, we put straight into the animators, the software, the computers, the special effects. And nobody's lining their pockets. Nobody's making anything. There is no markup. Hmm. That's one of the ways that we probably were able to do a $7 million film for $2.5 million. Uh, and we're trying to create a model that says, let's have films that we can, we can make sure they reach the world. And they don't stop in retail. They don't stop on Amazon. They don't even they don't stop in a theater, because you're right. I want to preserve this story for my grandkids. They're 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 too young now to watch the movie, but they're you know they're going to grow fast, and I want them to watch it. I want the I want it to be a legacy project because it really is a story that represents the Christian life. I have to go back and I get encouraged just by going back and reading the script and encouraging myself to continue on this journey. When we have challenges, uh, you know, our hard drive gets stuck in customs and we can't get it out and we need, we need more funding and we don't have enough time to adjust the scene. And, you know, uh, we render something uh, just the rendering. We've been rendering this film for a year. So, you know, we render it, a scene comes out, somebody's eye is missing. We have to rewrite the scripts. All the challenges that go through making a CGI animated film and all, it's so time-consuming. And that's why it has been a burden to to walk this journey and all the difficulties in making that happen and even just paying the bills. But we're so excited about a model that allows us to, at the end of the day, we own the film. We can do whatever we want with it. When somebody says, hey, can I have this for my prison ministry? Absolutely. When somebody says, can I license this for my church and, and add a devotion to it? Absolutely. That's what excites us most is now we have a film that's not locked up by any one studio that says we can't do ministry with it because it doesn't generate revenue. I love that. And I, I think the, the parenting principle that I'm pulling out of this, and it, I think it's so important, is is you know there's the status quo. And just because people have been successful at doing things a certain way a la, you know, some of the big Christian movies that have come out. And we're friends with a lot of the people that make them and <clears throat> love those people and good hearts. But I love that you are just trying to find a different way and um, to reach beyond what everybody else is doing. And I applaud you for that because the missions that um, American media, it may, it may, and I'm not, I haven't seen your film yet, but it, it may not be the $120 million Pixar animated film. But I'll tell you, like in other countries, it it blows away the stuff that that they're used to seeing. I know, like from you in music, at least you know the stuff that we generated in America, it was a different bar in other countries. And the fact that you're taking a timeless piece like Pilgrim's Progress and spending a lot of money and not taking anything for yourself really, and then protecting the rights of it being a vehicle to to 
to missions and, and outreaches is just an amazing example of what I think we should be doing as Christians, as Christian parents, is trying to find ways to go beyond what everybody else is doing to say, how can we maximize our opportunities to reach the most and to, mm. to impact people the most beyond what everybody else is doing. Just because other people do it a certain way doesn't mean we do it that way. So kudos to you. I think that's fantastic. I'm looking forward to seeing this film. Yeah. No, no, thank you. I appreciate that. Steve, I want to make sure that we're really educating our audience, uh, continuing to push this sort of summarized uh, understanding of what what the real importance of this this film is one of the reasons we wanted you on this podcast is because we as a ministry believe in putting uh, and supporting projects like this because they, they edify the body of Christ. I mean, they are essential truths that need to be passed from one generation to the next. And one of the, as I was just writing it down, I mean, this, this movie, this movie and this story are going to serve as a functional catechism for kids uh, or a functional Sunday school if you're from an evangelical background. The idea here is that they're getting in two hours a significant packaged theological scriptural basis for Christianity mm-hmm. um, in a visual way that they can absorb. And that mean, they want to absorb. Yeah. I mean, this is truly <clears throat> a, a gospel in a story. And it is for a parent. This is a this is like the perfect thing. Like, you could sit down with your kids or your youth group or your teen group, and it's not just young kids. I mean, this is going to appeal to older kids. You could sit down, screen this movie, and have a serious missional experience in your own town, in your own home. That's right. Um, and I think that's why I'm passionate about it because I see this movie as being a tremendous tool for the church if it avails itself of it. So uh, it's one of the reasons we're really excited to have you here. Yeah, we definitely share that vision. Uh, we know in America, this, the the hard and the sad part is that Sunday school is on the decline. Uh, we've done a study in this, of the Southern Baptist, and they concluded that obviously children are busy and with all kinds of sports and activities, but they're also bored. And so mm-hmm. what are we giving them that's kind of more exciting and kind of more fun? And I think the other thing that's been lost is family devotions. I don't, I don't even hear much about, you know, Hey, here's something great for family devotions. One of our goals is to be able to create something for the family to watch the film and talk about it. And we've had people say, Hey, let's make your film more kidsy, more funny. Somebody else said, uh, it's a little bit too scary. Let's cut out the, you know, the scary scenes, but we really, our desire was to hold true to the story. God God had already blessed the story. We just needed to go on the road to go on the journey. And we've been branding, uh, we haven't really talked about it publicly yet, but we talk about internally, we've been kind of saying it's straight path. So every time I get on the phone with one of my team members, they're like, hey, uh, we go, so what's up? And they're like, I'm on the straight path. What is the straight path? We're not called to be, you know, we're not called to this world. We're called to the next. And we live in this world in such a way that hopefully we are a witness to others and hopefully we're a guide and we, and we help pave that path to eternity, to our King, mm. to, to our savior. This world is not destination. And I, I think that starts getting lost on the next generation. I think the next generation looks at, okay, here's my career path and here's what we're going to do and here's what we're going to accomplish. But no, ultimately what I'm going to accomplish is I'm going to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. And what I want to accomplish along that way 
is to bring as many people as I can with me, or if I'm not the evangelist to, to influence, or if I'm not the influencer to love and to love as many people as possible. Because my destination is the celestial city. It's the eternal, it's eternity with the King. And I think that's lost. I think more and more we lose that uh, as part of our Christian witness. And it's about how do I live this life successfully? Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, how do I get to heaven? And then what's the path that's the most successful on that road? Um, There are movies that, that, um, no, John and Andy Irwin, and I, I love those guys and I applaud. They did such an amazing job on their movie and they made lots and lots of money on it. And I know they're going to do it again and again and again because they're such talented filmmakers. And at the same time, they cheer me on and they say, we're so excited about what you're doing for the mission field. And we say, we need both. It's not either or we need to break through Hollywood, but we also need to break through the mission field. Mm-hmm. And you're right. My micro budget film will be the highest quality animation that ever goes to the mission field. Yeah. That's pretty exciting to me. It's not the 120 million Pixar. It's not even the, you know, 20 million. I can only imagine film. It's, it's, it's the lower budget, but because it's free to the mission field and it speaks their language, it's going to be a hit. I have, I have no doubt we're planning. We're planning a broadcast into Iran that we're estimating 6 million viewers over Easter weekend. Hmm. I'll be happy to have 200,000 viewers in the U.S., and I'm projecting 6 million in our, into Iran. Yeah, that's, that's and incredible. And airing the film in Farsi. <clears throat> Man, I love uh, this. You know, as you're, as you're talking, I, I'm thinking now as a, as a pastor and as a father and a grandfather, I have, I'm a grandfather as well, um, you know, what— what Pilgrim's Progress represents in this format of CGI is sort of a cross between purpose-driven life meets Marvel Comics meets the Adventure Bible. Um, it is a it is a highly uh, appealing visual format, especially for young boys, um, which is the hardest one to hit. So you got that age where it's you know it's Fortnite, it's PlayStation Four, it's you know it's whatever. And, and it's so difficult for the church to reach that age group of really sixth grade through 10th grade with anything uh, that exists. And so here's a resource that pops up on the radar, uh, a fantastically done CGI film. You keep talking about how it's less than and maybe not the same quality as Pixar. But the trailer that I saw and the imaging that I saw in your ebook was very, very good. It was it was definitely at a level where no parent or pastor or church would ever be embarrassed in the United States to show it, to support it, to get behind it. And it is going to change lives. It's going, I predict it will save millions of people because the story of the gospel is so blatant. Embedded in it. In it yeah. And yet it's a compelling story because not only is it a well-written story, but it's a it's relatable. I mean, you're, you're, you're listening to this, you're watching this and you're going, oh my gosh, I've been in the slow of despond, you mm-hmm. know, like, I think that's how they said it in the old English, right? I'm sure you've that's right. paraphrased that's it better than I said it, but <laughs> I remember we had the old English version, you know, it was one of those big hardback yeah. books with like the woodcutter no, illustrations. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. the book weighed 30 pounds, you know, um, but I remember reading about the slow of despond and just this idea, like this visual image of how I felt. Yeah. I mean, this is timeless. This is classic stuff. It's it's going to make an impact. I can't wait to see it yeah, all. I can't wait either. 
Well, thank you, Steve. We're we're pretty much running out of time today, but I know you have big plans for releasing this, getting it into the church. There are ways for the church to participate and support this. Where do they find out all this information? If a pastor's listening, a mom's listening, they want to get behind this in their community, where do they go? Best place to go is Pilgrims. So we're building out uh, the website now. It'll be built when the podcast airs, and it'll point to all the different opportunities for the film. We are releasing in about 700 theaters Easter weekend and for this, for this Easter, and we're going to be following that up with church showings and then resources after that. But pilgrims.movie will be the, the first stop to learn, to point you in the right directions for how people can be involved in the film. Fantastic. Pilgrims.movie.com or just pilgrims.movie? Pilgrims.movie. Okay. Well, Steve, uh, we applaud you. And I, and this isn't just speak, you know, when this isn't just a media talk where we're sort of saying it, I, I sincerely want to thank you for having the endurance to go four and a half years to make this movie, probably mortgage your house to get it done. And may God richly bless you and your partner and all the people who've been a part of it. It's going to be awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time and the ability to share some of the vision with your podcast. Thank you so much. What our kids believe is going to define them for a lifetime. According to George Barna, by the age of 13, what a kid believes is what he'll die believing. For parents and for pastors, that's a frightening experience, especially if you've got an 11 or 12 year old. At the iShine Ministries headquarters, this became a huge priority in the last year. We partnered with the Tween Gospel Alliance to bring you a brand new resource known as the Shock and Awe Study Guide. And I'm here with one of the co-founders of this entire program, Robert Beeson. Can you tell us what is the Shock and Awe Study Guide? It is awesome. More than that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> The Shock and Awe Study Guide is a super cool thing that either a parent can do with their kid or a youth pastor can do with their students or a children's pastor can do with their students. And here's the cool thing about it. It is apologetics for kids. Wow. So it's the really huge evidence and thoughts of apologetics wrapped in a way that is really tangible and simple for kids to understand, answering four primary questions. And they are, what if there's a God? What if the Bible is true? What if Jesus is who he said he was? And what if I'm part of that plan? And we believe if you can answer those four questions and you are drawn through evidence proving those four questions, that really it's gonna, it's gonna establish a pretty unshakable foundation of faith. That sounds very helpful, especially if you're a parent or pastor and you're concerned about the condition of your child's faith, what they believe, what the voices of culture are telling them. If that's you and you're interested, go to iShineLive.com and check out in our web store, the Shock and Awe Study Guide. It has a digital cloud video base. So it's four studies in a small paperback volume for $9 and it has four videos that go with four studies. It can be done in a weekend, it can be done over a month, or it can be done bi-monthly, however you need it. It is a fantastic resource that I have used as a pastor in my own home church, and I have been impressed. So check it out. Check it out. Well, that was a that was an interesting discussion. I mean, I, it was kind of the viewpoint of the producer, like the the man who has put in four and a half years of his life creating something that didn't exist before. He started the whole conversation with, "I want to do something that outlives me." 
Yeah, exactly. I, I find myself like thinking about just our, our days and on a smaller scale with iShine and trying to do something that like, why hasn't someone done this before? And, and it's a labor of love and you just keep doing it and it's tireless. And I mean, it's just, it seems endless. And um, I just love the fact that something is coming to fruition uh, for him. And, and I think the thing that I just love probably more than anything is the, the, the heart for the mission field and the, which in my mind is the church and, and beyond the unchurched. So I just, we know enough people in this industry, in the movie industry, it's so refreshing to just hear a different perspective on it, but a different perspective with a timeless piece of work, you know, it's so inspiring. I mean, I, I know there's a generation that has never discovered for sure. sure. Right, an entire generation. Well, since we started, I'm like going, oh my gosh, I don't think I've taught my kids Pilgrim's yeah, Progress. I, I mean, I, it, it is it is just old enough to be <clears throat> forgotten. Yeah. And uh, it's really cool that it's being revived, that it's being done in a format that people can really embrace and that the audience can really respond to. I got to see a sneak peek of the ebook that's mm. going to be available. It's really good. Um, and like something I want to read, it's, it's very Marvel. Yeah. Like if your kids like Marvel comics, they like, you know, sort of graphic art, uh, illustrated art from, for stories. It's really well done. And, you know, the movie trailer that we saw for a minute and a half, you could see they have really done a great job of illustrating this story Yeah, for this generation. I so agree. It's not cheesy. You know, <laughs> I'm really looking forward to seeing it. And I would encourage parents and pastors to get out there and support when you hear that this is coming to your theaters, which will be after this podcast, um, make a deliberate effort to, to take your families to go see this. Support yeah, them. And I've talked to some of the, the people in the Nashville area who are really wanting to support this. And they're coming up with some pretty creative ways for Christian ministries to, to, to use this uh, screening as a real evangelistic tool, mm. uh, ways to get people to come uh, with free tickets and, and ways to share this uh, with youth groups and, and children's ministry. So please check that out on our website because we're going to have all the details. We want to support this and participate as an affiliate. Um, like we really believe in this. Um, and, you know, one of the things I didn't go into about Steve Clary is this guy's been in ISIS occupied Iran, <laughs> you know, recently. Like working with Christians, risking his life, like not he, just walking around. Yeah, the cafes I mean, the, of these are serious Christian efforts to uh, reach the world. Hmm. And you hear about their broadcasting in Iran, you know, to six million people in Easter. Um, you can tell where his heart lies. Yeah, like he he's not looking for uh, another award Oscar. or some type of acclaim from the the U.S. audience. He's he's saying, I want to make something that honors God and affects the world for Jesus. So as a parent, it's very challenging for me to hear that and go, okay, what am I doing? What am I investing my life into that's going to outlive me? That's going to outlive me. That's a really good question. Great food for thought. It is. Well, I hope everybody can support this movie. I hope you can find out more. We're going to get as many links on that website as we can. It is a big part of what we believe in and what this podcast stands for, which is a platform for Christian resources for parents. And I can't think of a better one than that movie. Agreed. Thank you guys so much for being with us uh, today. And uh, if you think about it, subscribe, let people know about what we're doing. Um, we don't feel brilliant and we don't feel brave most of the time, 
but we know that we're there's a lot of people just like us and we're going to try to do this together and bring resources and uh, experts and advice from people that have gone before us so um, thanks for being with us this week thanks everybody god bless we'll see you next week be encouraged parents you are not alone in paul's letter to his son in the faith timothy he writes but i am not ashamed for i know whom i have believed and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Brilliantly Brave Parenting wants to be an encouragement and support that parents can rely on. Would you consider liking us and sharing us with a friend? As a part of the Tween Gospel Alliance, we are a nonprofit organization dependent on the support of friends like you. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be right here next week. iShine is a faith-based ministry and media company that looks and feels a lot like a Christian version of Disney. iShine is more than entertainment. We're the producer of the largest Christian tween TV series in the world, a nationally syndicated radio show, a Nashville-based record label, host to multiple live tours and summer festivals, an interactive website and social media, and a provider of printed and digital devotionals, preteen Bibles, and church curriculums. But more than anything, we're a trusted Christian resource for parents and pastors. You can turn to us for all things Check us out at iShineLive.com. Well, we're very excited to announce a partnership with the guys that we know from Boise, Idaho, Robert. Yes, we are. New release today. They're fantastic. Very, very relevant for what's going on. If you want to discover new music in the Christian realm, that's kind of the only place to go. Yeah, and not only do they have amazing music and amazing reviews and just a lot of information about Christian artists, but they are creating with us a brand new devotional product call it IRL Resources. Do you know what that stands for, Brad? I found out. You did? What does it stand for? It stands for In Real Life. That's exactly right, Brad. Very good. In Real Life, because a lot of times we have these standard devotionals that you know that, that we see, and, and we thought that it would be kind of cool to use their expertise in Christian music, couple that with actual scriptural and devotional thought that digs you deeper, not only into the song, but incorporates it into real life. And so it's a very vibrant and very awesome resource for families and for pastors. Yeah, and so if you uh, have a preteen or a teen in your home and you're looking for a new devotional to do weekly, we have a digital subscription online at irlresources.com. It's very inexpensive. The first study is free to check it out. There's nothing to lose. You should go there and see what's the latest thing in Christian devotional. Absolutely. You won't regret it.